0: I V M. I V M. The Spartan Poker presents Miracam Poker with Azim
1: and Peter. Alright, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, I don't know what time you're listening, but this is Mera Kam Poker, presented by the Spartan Poker, fun podcast about poker, life and other things that we can't think of currently. And uh, in today's episode, we're going to find out about the legends of poker and uh, people who you should know about in the poker world. But before we get into that, we
0: have the poker fact of the day. Poker fun fact of the day. Today's fact deals with uh, the sheer longevity of playing at the poker table. Uh, There's a very uh, well-known player called Phil Lark, Mm -hmm. also known as the Unabomber. I'm not sure why people get nicknames which are as... Unabomber, yeah. One bomb. uh, Macabre as that. (laughs) But anyway, Phil Lark has created a Guinness record of being at the table for the longest amount of time. I think the... Figure is about 115 hours of play. 115 hours yeah, at the stretch. table. Yeah, at wow. a stretch, 115 hours. Okay. And this was uh, in the Bellagio uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, and I think it was done as part of some kind of a promotional right. activity. And uh, I think the only thing that... Uh, he had as a sort of uh, offset to the mm-hmm. long hours was a thirty-minute break every seven hours or eight hours or something. So oh, I think he yeah. used to sleep or take a nap or something. Oh, come on, that's too easy, man. <laughs> what thirty minutes, guy. I know. But was he allowed bathroom breaks and stuff also? No, that so apparently from what I understand, the thirty minutes goes towards whatever you want to do. Oh, whether okay. it means you use that time to go to the bathroom or uh, sleep yeah, or just whatever it, call it is. Call mom eat, and say whatever. yes, mom, I'm not to eat. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. And Well, the nice thing about Phil Luck's, you know, record was the fact that he donated, uh, you know, half his winnings to some children's charity, which is nice. I mean, the Uh, two things that... Staying awake for a good cause. Yes, it's pretty it's pretty good. So if you enjoyed that fun poker
1: fact, tell your friends about it and they will buy you drinks for free. Trust me, I've tried it. Phil Lark, he's a fairly common name uh, that, that yeah. most people in poker... He's a pretty goofy
0: character, so yeah. he's popular also because of that.
1: Yeah, so tell us, I mean, he, he clearly must be very good because his he has Luck in his name. Like, Kaafi Lark jeet Kaafi chuka Lark. hai, Phil Lark. <laughs> so well, what's his uh, game?
0: You know, a lot of people will uh, tell you that they don't really care too much for Phil Lark's game. They think mm-hmm. he's too much of a goofball and um, he's not held in as much of regard as perhaps some of the other leading lights... Right. Um, I think top of the But you need to be
1: like You need to have a little bit Of a personality to be I mean to stand out a little bit As a poker player Because otherwise sure. Where's the entertainment You're Just seeing a bunch of guys Who are just like Okay card, card You need to have
0: like A goofy Correct. fun The characters that are And the thing is You know more so in these years hmm. It's become so uh, I would say mechanical To a certain extent Where you have A bunch of people Who are like Very hardcore Okay statistics right. And strategy yeah, t- Completely based on Uh, data-driven decisions and things like that. So, the, the fun factor of watching poker on television or any kind of media mm-hmm. like that is a little taken away because you've got these absolute poker faces who are, you know, going about their work and yeah. there are no blow-ups a la Phil Helmuth style. Right. Uh, well, there are still blow-ups and coincidentally, it is still Phil Hellmuth yeah. who's
1: <laughs> blowing up. So, so That's another name that a lot of people have heard of, Phil Hellmuth. So, uh, uh, as far as I know, he's uh, won the most WSOP bracelets.
0: Yes, he's... Uh, One uh, He's... Hands down, I would think uh, it would not be a stretch to say that he's hands down the best Texas Hold'em player in the world. Okay. Uh, Before, I think when he's, he's, I think won about 13 bracelets right now. 13 or 14 bracelets. Okay. I think the, except for the last two or three, every single bracelet was in Texas Hold'em. So, hands down, if there was any uh, measure... Uh, to calculate whether a person was one of the greatest of the game, he is one of them by the sheer number of bracelets that he possesses in right. Hold'em. But why Why is it called, I've
1: always wondered this, why is it called a bracelet? Like, isn't, like, cups are not... There the are cups, but there? the thing
0: is, uh, the World Series is so associated with, uh, you know, these bracelets that are given at the end of each tournament. It, believe me, Azim, it's such a gaudy piece of jewellery. Right. <laughs> it's gold, it's got a lot of jewellery. Uh, it's like a really bright shiny horrid looking yeah. piece of thing so I but think it's a WWE belt for your hand it's exactly that it is exactly <laughs> that only more obnoxious looking just because <laughs> it's so uh, over the top blingy it's not right. funny and but the flip side of that being if you are sitting with one of those at the table they might not know who your name is. But just seeing that right. hardware on your hand is enough to just kick your reputation up by notches before right. even the first card is dealt. But I think Bappi Lahiri would be great at the poker <laughs> table. Just like
1: bracelets <laughs> all over, hands, <laughs> <way he's>... necks, <laughs> legs, everywhere possible. The whole sunglasses culture started because Bappi yeah, played poker, poker once. <laughs> they were like, oh, hey, this is a fashion statement now. Yeah, let's do that. But multiple <laughs> bracelet holders, do they just do they wear all the bracelets and come? Or Only just... if they want to be obnoxious yeah, looking then at the that's table. (laughs) That's a bit overkill, right? I
0: think what most of the multiple bracelet winners do is that they usually wear the bracelet that's uh, most most sentimental to ah, them, uh, most recent also. But I think a lot of people who won, let's say, the, um, like the Chipre's bracelet, uh, Hmm. which uh, is the player's championship bracelet. That's a really uh, highly regarded uh, piece of jewelry that... You know, players right. want to sort of show off Because you're playing the best of the best right. In that particular bracelet event So it's a really matter of pride to show that off Okay, we also have guys like Daniel Negreanu My favourite player okay. of all time Absolute favourite player Because uh, not only is he I basically learned poker from uh, tournament style right. And he is the biggest winner in uh, Poker tournaments. But that's not really the reason why I think he's got like more than 30 million dollars In wow. tournament winnings, live tournament winnings He's, it's just the way he is at the poker table. He's just, he's got such a composure. I envy um, a player like, uh, you know, who's able to pull off that. He's smart. Obviously, he's hes extremely intelligent as a player. But he knows how to use his personality in the best possible way to get right. information from his opponents. And he doesn't have to rub them off. Right. You know, he'll be your best pal. And at the end of it, you'll be like, Lele, my Lele. I'm Just take my money and go. But, uh, very well respected name in the poker industry. He's also a representative of one of the biggest sites in the world, the biggest site in the world. And so that also carries a certain weight with it. So, right. He's definitely someone who a lot of people look up to. And he's one of the guys with like the highest earnings, I mean highest winnings, Highest tournament, live tournament earnings in the world. Of course, that comes from a big uh, chunk of that comes from the fact that he uh, made finishes, a couple of deep finishes in like big buying tournaments like uh, the one drop and things like that. Okay, cool. um, What's the know. buy-in for, for those? So these are all million-dollar buy-ins. Oh, wow. So, okay. yeah. Not taking part in those anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> and we also
1: have guys like Phil Ivey, if, I, am I, if I'm pronouncing yes, that right. Yes, Phil Ivey. The other Phil,
0: if you want to yes. call him that. Uh, so, Ivey is basically, he's been called the Tiger Woods of poker, the phenom. Okay, but then he's that means after a few years, it's not going to go too well for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, going, uh, uh, you know, aside from the nicknames that he's got... Uh, the kind of poker brain that Ivy possesses is almost second to none. Um, he's got an unbelievable poker face. He's a true gambler in, uh, in you know, in the best, best sense, sense of the word. Yeah. Uh, he pretty much plays every table game possible. He plays a whole bunch of the variants in poker and he's been successful at a lot of it. Okay, You don't see him in, um, you know, the regular TV... Uh, sort of uh, programs like your WSOPs of the world, not regularly mm-hmm. anyway, because he's earning millions playing in these private games right. across the world. Yeah, so and, why, why no yeah. mainstream? So he will, uh, he will come and show himself there from time to time. But I think in the last five years, uh, he's probably played uh, the World Series maybe only three times, which okay. is quite unusual for a big name pro. Okay. But the most well-rounded poker player you can ask, uh, almost any of the uh, you know big names in poker across the world. And they hold this guy in the absolute top three, top five of all time. Nice.
1: So, we also have guys like Antonio Esfandiari, Eric Seidel. Uh,
0: those guys also, you'd say, in the top bracket, three or uh, like top three, top five? Esfandiari, obviously, is uh, more uh, well-known than Seidel because he also is a guest commentator on uh, the WSOP and ah, various okay. other, you know, shows like that. Uh, extremely keen brain as far as poker is concerned. He's able to break down a spot and a situation uh, in the most lucid manner to the viewers, you know. And I love the way that it's very easy, you know. The thing is, you meet anyone with intermediate or advanced level poker knowledge, mm. and they'll just go into this jargon stratosphere, right? Where are ye kya Greek Latin chal raha? I could not understand exactly. You know? But this guy, whether you're a noob playing poker or whether you're an advanced level player, he's able to really assess the this situation. Completely explains it in yeah, layman's terms. It's really, really good the way he portrays that and uh, brings it across to players. You know, you. So if you find yourself in a situation like that ever you have a a really interesting insight into what to do then. And this is coming from the guy who's won, you know, the... Also like
1: 20 plus million?
0: Yeah, he's, uh, and again, a huge chunk of that is from one tournament where he won the million dollar, the first ever one-drop tournament which has a million dollar buy-in. He won that. 18 million dollars in one fell swoop is what he won. Nice. So uh, he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) and Clearly, definitely with one 18 of 18 yeah. million dollars in one go yeah and Seidel, as far as he's concerned one of the guys who fr- i think he flies uh, very much under the radar very well known name mm-hmm. in the poker community but uh, sort of flies under the radar i feel um He was in Rounders, right? Yes, he's actually also famous because of the fact that, you know, in the clip that they show in Rounders… The one where he's going all in, that's the one, yeah. And he finishes second in that particular tournament, you know. And so, he has his initial uh, burst of fame after Rounders became a cult hit. That's where Seidel got noticed. Right. And he has played in a whole bunch of high roller tournaments in the recent years… And he has got such remarkable consistency when it comes to cashing out in them. So, okay. one of the big, big winners in uh, high buy-in poker tournaments, you know. And in, what happened to Johnny Chan years. after rounders? Johnny Chan has become... <laughs> I mean, uh, he's still... Obviously, because of the kind of accomplishments he's had, back-to-back main event winner, you know, in those years, uh, he still generates a tremendous amount of interest every time he walks into a poker room because right. people want to take a picture. Oh, it's the Johnny Chan. Johnny Chan. Chan. And it's f***ing Johnny Chan, yeah. <laughs> all of those things. He's not related to Jackie Chan at no, all. No, no connection whatsoever. Kung fu poker is not no. happening. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he still draws that kind of attention. Um, I don't think he's done anything massively, uh, you know, mainstream uh, to, to draw the mainstream spotlight on him in recent years. Okay. But uh, he's run deep a couple of times in the main event in the last few years. And yeah, that's enough yeah. to just I mean, see if you won two back-to-back, your life is sorted. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Man, right. What else do you have to
1: prove to anyone? <laughs> but for
0: these guys, that's what it is. The, the field keeps changing every year. The demographic right. of players in the World Series, at least, keeps getting younger and younger. I mean, yeah. it's very rare to see someone over the age of 35 going ahead and winning. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, the younger kids are fearless. They right. have no compulsions whatsoever to just put it all into the middle... Uh, mm-hmm. On a gut shot, straight draw yeah. or something. Because I think yeah. that, more than anything else, is a big defining factor. The lack of fear. Right. As, I as think it's
1: just come down to the, the way, like, millennials have just been conditioned, right? You know, follow your dreams. Do yeah. what you want. YOLO! <laughs> YOLO. Just, yeah, because <laughs> earlier you had to think, I, mean, engineering job kiya hai. I need to do yeah. this and, like, keep my job. They're like, no, follow your dreams.
0: Go all in. Who cares? We'll see. Which is great because… Uh, And the thing is, you know, a lot of these younger kids, they're not stupid. Um, Right. You know, you've got a guy like Fedor Holz, one of the bright lights of poker right now. Mm. Kid must be barely 22 if a day. And he's won in the millions. And this is only the last 18 months I'm talking about. In the millions, like easily over seven, eight million dollars. Wow. And this guy recently, I would say as little as six months ago, he puts out a, a post on his blog or somewhere saying that, you know, I think I'm done. I'm going to retire from poker and it created I think he had a long and fruitful career (laughs) (laughs) of four years perhaps and the thing is it's the and his whole uh, you know when people asked him like what's the deal and his explanation was so simple he was like you know, I think I've done what I needed to do in poker and now it's time for me to do other things. And <laughs> we're
1: like,
0: we're going
1: to take a gap year and try to explore
0: ourselves and yeah. see what we can do to make money one day. Which is, I mean, it's fantastic uh, that uh, people like him have that opportunity to do it. Uh, poker, at its best... You know, allows that kind of freedom right. So it's lovely that uh, people who are actually able to do that Are able to And then fulfill many of the things that they want to Fulfill in their lives with regard to other dreams And one of the guys who is totally fulfilling his dreams And the enigma of poker
1: who must be the spoken legend, about The legend The legend, the Instagram <laughs> sensation Dan Bilzerian, what
0: is his deal? He is, I think, uh, all the people we've mentioned Who are all legit poker legends huh. I think <laughs> it just it This just gives you an idea of how Social media is as a phenomenon. Right. Dan Belzerian has done jack as far as poker is concerned.
1: Yeah, because on Instagram, you think that this guy must be like the best player in the world who's like achieved everything and done it all. So how, how far has he gone? What titles has he
0: won? He's That's what I'm saying. This guy has done nothing. Nothing of note in the poker in world. In the poker world. Justifies. He's done plenty of things of note on yeah. yachts. He's uh, done a lot of things on the poker table, <laughs> which might be a little too graphic for this podcast. But yeah, if you guys want to, uh, you know, have a good time visually, Hmm. please check out, and vahiyad, as a word, if you want the definition (laughs) of that in pictures, please get out to Dan Belzerian's uh, Instagram handle. The guy has more than 22 million followers. I mean, if he's... Has 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 he won 22 million dollars? I don't think he's won that kind of money, but he comes from a moneyed background. Right. You know, he comes from a really uh, seriously wealthy background. And of course, that allows... Uh, of He's course. a classic, you know, bade a big baap ka beta kind of a right. situation. But uh, he's, to be fair, again to a guy like him, he has really exploited the fact that people, you know, are publicity... Uh, well, not publicity-hungry, but... They have this aspirational value. No, no f- what that. he's doing. <laughs> You're giving a nice pint <laughs> to it. He is tapping into people's uh, inner peeping Tom. Right, like his Instagram handle, and if you don't believe me, all you need to do is just look him up on his Instagram handle. I've probably added a few thousand followers <laughs> just by making this comment I am, but it's worth seeing. It's all about guns and tits and yeah, ass. that's all it is. And it shows, he shows women in the most, <laughs> in the worst <laughs> way possible, but I mean... But that's what it is. People love to see that shit. And, uh, well, he's a celebrity for doing all the possible option up in the world possible. So, yeah. I mean, all this is so-called uh, hardcore lifestyle. The, the high life has its price to pay even for a Dan Bilzerian. Uh, If I'm not wrong The guy suffered like Three heart attacks Naveen Three heart attacks attacks uh, Before before the age of 32 That's crazy Which is just insane So obviously You have to pay The piper (laughs) For
1: all the We'll probably just Buy a new heart At this point He has enough money For that He could And he's also Apparently he had Put his name in For the presidential election In 2016 Yeah Yeah? I've heard that story Just the picture boy Of stability (laughs) And good political decisions Right there
0: A guy with a yacht And guns And three girls and so, what, and so what if he didn't get elected?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's in fact, he endorsed Donald Trump like <laughs> you would expect. Like, I don't
0: think like Hillary and him were the right fit to go together. I don't yeah. think Hillary would ever be on his Instagram handle for anything. So folks, if you really want to be uh, shocked and entertained, I think Dan Bilzerian is definitely one Instagram celebrity in poker that you could, I mean, I feel a little ashamed to even put poker in the same line <laughs> as this guy because... Yeah. His connection with poker is tenuous at best, but right. it's entertaining. So yeah. So who are the legends in the
1: Indian poker scene? I'm sure we've had
0: like the scene for about There's 10 none. years <laughs> now. None? Okay, cool. Moving on then. <laughs> well, I guess uh, it's uh, it's not really fair to say if there are any legends in poker in India because ours is such a fledgling scene right now. We're right. barely, you know, 7-8 years. The, the curve really hasn't even taken off yet. But uh, I'll tell you one guy who perhaps in the chapters of indian poker who will forever be immortal is a guy called aditya shushant okay um he was the first ever india poker champion uh, so uh, this guy is also india's first ever wsop bracelet winner nice it's a huge huge achievement i cannot even begin to tell you the kind of uh, there were there were indians at the the recent world series who captured Uh, the award presentation ceremony and it was goosebumps man the Indian national anthem being played in one corner of Vegas it was just goosebumps and I am extremely happy that uh, a guy like Aditya Shujanth who has gone on to, you know, give India that kind of recognition. It's it's just great. So That's very cool.
1: And do we have any Indian Dan Bilzerian types as well? There's many wannabes, but yes. <laughs> I don't think they're anywhere close to the level of uh, we Dan We should Bilzerian, have, like maybe sure. like a Danish Bilzerkar or somebody <laughs> like that would be fun. So we have uh, a guest coming up in our next segment who's going to talk more about uh, the poker life and his favorite poker legends as well. And we will be back uh, in just a bit to Mirakam Poker. As we
2: go to commercials, don't
0: forget the Spartan Poker's Merakam Poker will be right back after this break.
1: Welcome back to the Spartan Poker's Merakam Poker. It's time to go all in. All right, and welcome back once again to Mera Kam Poker, the poker podcast about poker, life, and other things as well. And because there are other things. Because in life. there are other things in life, and of course, it's time for our favoritely named segment: Why, Naveen, Why? Poker lo baat. Mera Kam Poker presents Poker lo baat. Ta 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 ta. And in the hot seat today,
0: hi, in the hot seat today, we have Kavish Kukreja, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause for everyone listening. Welcome, welcome, Kavish, to the show. So, uh, Kavish is basically uh, from a finance background in that he has been a stockbroker for the last 10 or more years, I guess. Yeah,
2: almost 10 years now. And uh,
0: he's been playing poker for about half that time, or a little more than half that time. About 5 years, 6 years. I think uh, I first met Kavish... Back in 08 09 when we were playing uh, those
2: games at the club, yeah, that's, that's where the first that's where all it started actually. Right, right. Okay,
1: yeah, but of course, you if you're a broker, you would be into poker because they both rhyme. It's like broker and poker <laughs> come together. <laughs> yeah, correct. So, but Kavish, you're not like full time poker player. No,
2: I'm not a full time poker player. Actually, my main profession, as you said, is stock stock broking. But yeah, I do travel to play. You can say once in three four months for okay. tournaments because that's like I, my forte. That's that's what I love.
1: Right, like, it's a
2: passion. Basically, it's a hobby that you take slightly seriously and I have also taken a few international trips in the last couple of years which I have been successful as well so there's a lot
1: of uh, parallels to be drawn between like the finance world and the poker world so what is it really about poker that's attracts people from the finance world like what's what's the appeal of poker to a, like someone like a stockbroker with financial background
2: basically for me it's uh, more appealing because uh, it's about numbers right and uh, at the end of the day like uh, it's very similar because you have to be good in numbers if you really want to be good at the game because it's all about probabilities all about right. doing the right thing at the right time yeah. as per probabilities yeah. that is all numbers so this is one thing that is common probably which grew my interest more into this game
1: right I mean if I had known that probabilities would be of so much use I would have paid so much more, more attention, attention in <laughs> IIT coaching classes man like seriously can any stockbroker uh, good stockbroker be automatically good at poker I thought you said the, good stockbroker
0: yeah <laughs> I was going with that yeah. like, any no good actually
2: uh, <laughs> the chances are more as I said because if uh, you're good with numbers generally then poker becomes not easier but becomes much simpler to understand compared to if you are not very good with numbers Right. that's basically, you know, a lot of what
0: you're saying is, you know, the
2: technical side of things. Correct. Uh, I want
0: to know about the, I guess, the human side, if you want to sort of uh, classify that. What kind of qualities uh, that a poker player possesses, you know, would would be useful, would be a useful tool or tools uh, if they were to, let's say, move into trading? I know there's a lot of players who have moved into stock trading when they've never done so before, purely on the basis that they have made a a decent living for themselves in poker. So, what are some of those qualities that, uh, you know, I think it would
1: be also different because when you're trading in stocks, it's not like the stock company is going to bluff you at any point yeah (laughs) surprise we
2: have no money sorry well well, you never know (laughs) there are some companies which have actually bluffed there you go (laughs) from the horse's mouth. so anyway the the qualities that we're talking about so basically what now if for me let's talk about me when i started playing poker now i can tell you that poker has made me much more disciplined in terms of where to put my money at or where to put my hand at and where not to right right because obviously there have been times when you know I have lost a lot of money, which my probably bankroll did not support because of mistakes I have done in the past in poker. Right. Mm-hmm. So probably those things, after going wrong somewhere in poker, have taught me to probably take my decisions much in a much more calculated way. Okay. Great. Where even the stock market is concerned and be more disciplined. Right. Where uh, where it comes to where you need to put your money and where you need to put your time. Right. right. So discipline is obviously a huge uh, uh, yeah. aspect
0: of this thing.
1: So, uh, you're saying, so obviously there's a lot of calculation and probabilities uh, that are there in both cases. Uh, stock, stockbroking and poker but so how like how do you actually like how much time does it take you to like make a calculation so when once you're dealt your first two cards mm-hmm. what are the c- calculations that you're making in your head like at that moment
2: now uh, there are many things that come to my mind now when i see my cards it depends firstly on the number of chips i'm holding right it depends on that if my accordingly i will be probably making decisions of either raising or calling or folding and etc etc so that is the one thing is that the number of chips i'm holding secondly is my opponents on my table if i see the table is laggy if i know that the opponents are not that good i might be uh, more active as compared to on a table where my opponents are probably uh, good players or strong players right. as compared to weak players.
0: So for those who don't know, laggy stands for LAG or loose aggressive style of playing. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I yeah. was thinking so like a poker it was term. Yeah. I don't know. No, 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 no. That's like a poker
2: term uh, we okay. use, so...
1: And you do all of this like literally you have to make this decision within like
2: 45 seconds. Yeah, like 45 basically. seconds to one minute is usually yeah. what uh, is like right. a time yeah you're bound actually year. in
0: online you are absolutely bound by uh so a what's certain it, 45 of, seconds generally it online? could be anywhere from uh, uh, 10 to 20 seconds all the way up to a couple of minutes yeah uh, okay. but in live that does tend to get a little blurry in terms right. of if you have a huge decision in front of you people on the table etiquette demands that you give that person some time to uh you know take their decision because there's so much money involved in the middle right. some people take undue advantage of that un- yeah. unfortunately but for the most part People respect the fact that, you know, you are playing for a lot of right. money and so they give you that time.
1: And similarly, do you have to also make these kind of like split second decisions with stocks as
2: well? Like you have to like, okay, yes. 45 seconds, I have to decide this right now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because it, in stock market also, it's like, now, for example, in poker, uh, the factors which really depend are me as a player, how good am I running on a particular day? When I say that, it means like if I'm getting good cards, if my car, if my cards where I'm ahead are holding. Whereas in stock market, there are many external factors which affect probably the stock price. Right. Which are too many compared to Poco. Right. right. So, it's a... There are similarities, but there are some dis- similarities as well. Okay. So, as like, for example, if I have bought Reliance and tomorrow, if... There is something in the AGM which Mr. Ambani has to come and change. That is not in my control. But it is going to affect my portfolio the next day. Whereas here… No, Mr. Ambani, you do something like that? You (laughs) have to see Ambani's poker face. Like, you have to analyze, like, okay, what is he doing right now? So Whereas over here, the factors which can affect my bankroll or my play at that point of time in poker are less compared to the stock market. Right. So, yeah. So yeah long story short poker is slightly easier than stock market I think. <laughs> no not really okay, but so, yeah, it's not it's, it's different. I mean there are similarities but yeah. Okay it, it's 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 you can say that uh, stock market is very vast as compared to the factors affecting it than poker.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, do we, I mean, uh, we we talk uh, a lot about like the legendary (laughs) poker players. So, do you have any legendary poker players that you really uh, admire? Yeah, who do you look up to? And are there also people like legendary poker players who have a similar like a financial background who sort of quit that kind of job and then got into poker full time? Like, uh, do you, can you think of any of Uh, those kind of people?
2: Actually, international players, I really like this player called Halls. Obviously, everyone knows about it. Just because okay. of the fact of what he has been able to achieve at this early age. Okay. And uh, also, like, uh, like, I see his interviews and all, like, after achieving so much, the kind of attitude he has, like, he's so down to earth. So, it's True. just unbelievable. So, yeah
1: and uh, again so people we we're talking about the world series of poker and famous poker players and all that so wh- if there were for uh, for our listeners who want to like learn about this stuff or sort of go through the classics what have been like the absolute like classic uh, uh
0: sort of face offs in the world series that you can think of i think you'll find like a billion videos out there yeah. uh, and i would like to uh, you know give this with a huge uh, bells ringing warning that If you're a starting or you're a beginner poker player and you see these things on YouTube, uh, uh, you know, clips from the World Series or the WPT, please don't go entirely by what you see. Don't try this at home. Yeah, don't try this at home is a very good warning because what you see is severely edited. A player might have uh, made what looks like an unbelievable move and he ends up winning that hand but you don't know what has happened yeah. prior to that hand yeah. you know the 40 minutes that went by yeah. where he understood what yeah. his opponent was all about and therefore he yeah. created uh, a situation where he could bluff him out of that massive pot so yeah. please if you're watching these uh, clips and shows be aware of that fact that you know there is a lot of editing that goes into it yeah. it's made for TV it's made yeah. to yeah. excite you There's There's a lot of of w- there are a
2: lot of dynamics that go into the play actually before he has to do it so correct so what you see on screen has to be taken with a huge sack of salt not just right. a pinch
0: sure Fair enough, we have to buy salt also
1: now, great. Uh, so, of course, we ask uh, everyone this question, uh, which is, what is your most memorable experience in Boca? Is it like a, a really good
2: hand that you won? What's My your most memorable experience was actually when I had won the APT opening event, because okay. I had just landed after 14-15 hours of flight in Philippines and okay. just sat down on the table, played for about, if I remember correct, 8 hours. Wow. Passed out for 4-5 hours and then played for 14 or 15 hours the next day after waking up. 14 hours straight? Yeah, and I won that event. So that was like a very, very nice, satisfying feeling that I just landed and played for like a marathon of one and a half day with obviously some sleep in between and then I managed to ship that event. So that was like, and that was my first international title. Nice. I had a lot of final tables before that, a lot of top three finishes lot of top 10 finishes, but uh, didn't manage to actually ship one. So, this was like a very, very satisfying feeling for me personally. Right. And then you obviously, because you won, you could fly back business and sleep Aramse
1: on the <laughs> flight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's good because uh, obviously when people like Kavish and all go out there and represent the country, everyone in uh, India is looking forward to... Seeing some title come back home, and it's nice when you yeah. know someone from Team India actually accomplishes
2: something like this, yeah. and they are looking at updates that are happening. Right. So there's a huge real. Like I remember on. this event when I had won it, and uh, uh, Amit Jain, as he had mentioned about, he's a very good friend of mine, also a very good poker player in the community. Okay. So uh, we were actually like parting that night, and everyone was so motivated that the next day when amit and we obviously played other tournaments he told me that bro you won this tournament i'm going to ship one in the next few days and he actually won the event number three or yeah, four in the next three four days he actually back. won it and he goes that's to me awesome. like bro this is because of you because you did it i really wanted to do it so this actually happened wow that's cool. yeah. so
1: which is why uh, for all you guys poker fans poker followers uh keep track of all the guys who are going and playing in these tournaments support them send them messages and yeah, keep in touch with us. I think that's more or less our episode for uh, today. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to get in touch with Kavesh, ask him questions. Are you active on social media, to Facebook, uh, Twitter? I am
2: there on all the handles. I'm not really active, but yes, if there is something like that, I would love to okay. uh, And reply. where can people follow you on Twitter? You can. They can actually follow me on Instagram or okay, Twitter both at okay. Harish Kukreja 86. Is my Twitter handle. Okay. Harish Kukreja 86. 1986. 1986.
1: Yeah. All right. Cool. And you can follow me at Adhureth Dabanat on Twitter, also on Facebook, and Azim Manatwala on Instagram. And of course, Peter, you can follow on Twitter at Adhureth Pakalu Papito. It's actually uh, yes, it's actually a Pakalu Papito, but we
0: he changed it because he didn't want to be uh, recognized on the internet. And for all our listeners who want to try out their hand at poker you can log on to the register yourself as a user with the promo code ivm and you will get 200 bonus cash which you can use to play poker for free see you at the tables